0: Hey guys, welcome to the Next Level Agents Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner and co-host, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast all about getting to the next level. Sometimes we talk to real estate agents, sometimes brokers, sometimes people just in and around our space, and sometimes just entrepreneurs in general. But our point here is to talk to the brightest and the best and to pull gold nuggets out of them and bring them to you so that way you can take little actionable pieces of advice, sometimes big actionable pieces of advice, and make your business even better and help you get to the next level. Do me a favor if you haven't already, go over to ratethispodcast.com. Ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA stands for next level agents. And please leave us a five star review if you have not already. All right, without further ado, welcome to today's episode. All right, guys, we're back on the Next Level Agents podcast, and today I am joined by Andrew Anderson. Andrew, how's it going, man?
1: Awesome. Great day. I'm glad to get to spend some time with you, Kevin.
0: Me too. I'm excited to do this. We uh, see you and I were introduced recently from uh, a good friend of mine, Seth, and uh, someone who who I believe you've known for a long time as well, both kind of personally as well as in a coaching relationship, and he thought uh, it'd be good for us to get to know each other and it was probably right, as he normally is when he says stuff like that. And so, uh, got the chance to chat beforehand, and I'm excited to have this conversation a little more today. I just like it. I love the uh, podcast format because I get to put put people on the hot seat and ask all the questions that are normally mildly inappropriate for like a social situation where I get to just pepper people. So I'm excited for this.
1: Hey, I like the hot seat. Let's let's do it.
0: Awesome. Well, Andrew, why don't we start here, man? Tell 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 the audience and I. A little bit about yourself, maybe um, kind of what you do professionally and, and we'll, I'll probably ask you a few questions as far as like how you got there, but give us the, give us the elevator speech, if you will, on who Andrew is and, and what you do.
1: Yeah. So um, I have seven kids, Kevin, so we got to start there. So there's,
0: there's two full-time jobs.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I've got seven kids with two wives. Um, I, I don't live in Utah. I live in Idaho. So I'm not married to both of those women. Like, I'm not even with both of them. That's two two separate marriages that brought me these seven children. Good
0: job on the clarification there. You you're yeah, that's have right. some listeners going, wait, what?
1: Yeah, two wives. What kind of an interview is this gonna be? So yeah, I've uh been I've been blessed to be married twice, uh, and I have seven incredible children and um what I do professionally is, uh, provides, you know, the life that we get to live. And so as a professional, I'm an author and a coach and a speaker, and I get to help people break through all the stuff that prevents them from uh, achieving what they really want to achieve. And whether it's reading my book or hearing me speak or getting to do some one-on-one coaching or that's what I, that's what I get to be passionate about to provide for my, my family.
0: Awesome. How, how did you, I was I'm always curious about this. Like, how did you end up as a, as a coach? how did you find yourself coaching people?
1: Yeah. Well, I applied for this job. No, <laughs> no one ever says that when they become a coach. Right. Uh, yeah. So about 10 years ago, I was a teacher. I'd been teaching for six years and I just finished my master's degree. And I was going through my uh, separation that turned into a divorce living in my parents' basement, right? 28 years old, just starting over. And uh, someone recommended real estate. And so I got into real estate and I didn't even know that coaching was a thing. And I got my first real estate coach. And after selling real estate for a year, I was offered a position to start coaching. And so for the last you know, nine years, I've been able to coach and grow from that uh, that position at that brokerage to what I do now individually.
0: So I'm curious, uh, what was it about real estate that made you pursue that uh, after after teaching?
1: Well, I just thought that living in your parents' basement and you know having a broken heart and working hundred percent commission would be a good idea. Um,
0: <laughs> just sounded like the fun way to go,
1: yeah, like let's go knock on doors and you know, like not make money for months on end. but uh, I actually sat down with my brother, and he's a consultant, and he helped me identify all the things that I loved about teaching and what I didn't love and uh, he said i I think this real estate thing could really work out for you. And that's how, um, that's how I was introduced to the idea of jumping into real estate.
0: Interesting. So you, and did you just say that after a year is when you became, were you like a, like a, the office, like a productivity coach in the office? Is that kind of where that went?
1: Yeah. So I sold for a year and I loved everything about it, except for, I don't care much for houses. I could live in the mountains and be fine. And then buyers and sellers drove me nuts and agents like, so I liked prospecting and helping people and negotiating, making money. And uh, just the transactional aspect of it wasn't the th- the thing that you know really lit me up. And so I was offered to uh, start yeah, in a productivity coaching position. And uh, the CEO of our brokerage saw something in me that I didn't see in me. And she was right. And I'm very grateful that she saw that. So
0: what, what was that like for you transitioning and going from sort of being the doer, you know, being the real estate agent, creating the deals, and then actually doing them to then try and help others do that. How how was that adjustment for you?
1: Well, there's when we level up into any opportunity, there's some imposter syndrome, right, that we have. Like, and people would say, "You only sold real estate for a year. What gives you the right?" I said, "She she gives me the right," <laughs> and uh, it was Stacy Stacy States, and I said, "She she believes in me." And I didn't actually say that. I had a lot more confidence and. Um, Spacey's
0: pretty smart but, yeah, though. So if she, is, uh, if she, she says something, it's okay. you can lean on that if you need to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it, it was, it was challenging at first and I was, you know, I was putting my life back together. I was still living in my parents' basement when I started coaching. <laughs> so it, it was a challenge for sure.
0: Did, uh, did you like coaching right away? Like, did you take, take to it right away or was there, um, is there an adjustment period? What was that like for you?
1: No, I did. I, I loved it right away. Cause I'm like, Hey, these aren't teenagers and they're paying me. <laughs> so that was, that was fun. And like they actually valued and wanted my help. And that I think I was, I've always been coaching. I just didn't know it.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. So did, how long did it take you to realize you were, you were good at it? Cause if I remember correctly, um, I haven't had a chance to read your book all the way Mm -hmm. yet, but I did get a chance to start on it. And if I'm not not mistaken, you had built a pretty big um, productivity coaching for the, for no one who's, who know, for the listeners that have not been with KW. And if you don't know what that is, that's, that's effectively uh, a coach inside the office, mostly, and, and you can correct me where. where where, where need be here, Andrew, at least for your situation, mostly kind of like new agents come in. uh, I I would hesitate to call it a mentorship program, but something similar to that for newer agents, basically to help them get their business started and going, kind of even hold their hand a little bit of the way through until they they get some momentum. Um, And the thing about it is, you know, there's like 800 Keller Williams offices and I'm a former owner of one as well as a regional director. Uh, this program failed at the highest of high levels. Like it's failed in basically 800 out of 800 offices. And it's got a very low success rate. So when I hear someone who's actually built one that did well, uh, my ears always perk up because it's a hard thing to do. Mm
1: -hmm. So, and it was, we started off, I was on salary. Interesting. if if, If you were to hear how much I was making, you'd laugh. And after I was on salary for a year and I learned that, I could make money based on whether or not these agents I'm helping make money. I, I quickly said, I want to drop my salary and I want to get paid off of their commissions. And so, in that first year, I doubled my salary, right? Because I was making commissions, and we grew this program. I mean, we and, and we had to sell it as, "Hey, coaching's always been free, and now you're going to pay us a percentage." <laughs> and that's that's the risk that I took. And I said, "We're going to do it. We're going to have skin in the game." and we built it and i had 3 coaches underneath me at one point we had an executive assistant and a virtual assistant and uh, we had 116 agents in that program and wow my salary just kept doubling and i i just helped more people and made more money i thought this is a great job
0: <laughs> yeah like i was i really want to emphasize that to the listeners we're kind of kind of building up the story of of you know mm-hmm. your journey in coaching yeah. I, I didn't say that like i wasn't being trite. like it's fa- this program has failed and um, literally like 100% of the locations. And with very few exceptions, uh, do does it get going? And you hear stories like this, and you, you do hear some stories uh, like this, but it's not a lot. And so, so how long did you end up staying in that role? And at what point did you realize, hey, I could go coach real estate agents, not just associated or affiliated with my brokerage?
1: Whoa! I started actually doing that sooner than later. I was recruiting agents outside of Keller Williams. And I said, I'll coach you. I just want to help you. And the brokerage didn't care. Like, great. I mean, that's good for us. We're just, so I actually had agents outside of Keller Williams that were part of our coaching program and I wasn't trying to recruit them. They ended up sometimes becoming recruited just by the nature of the relationship. But I, I did that early on. And then I started coaching nationally for the, the KW maps coaching program. And I did that for a year. So I'm, I'm three to four years into my coaching journey. I'm coaching nationally. Uh, I learned about transformational coaching, which is like all the stuff I love. Like, let's talk about your life and your mindset and your marriage and your divorce and all the stuff I'd been through and your kids and your health. And I learned how to help people transform their lives so that they could then, you know, break through in their business. And so I did yeah. that nationally for about a year, and then uh, I had the opportunity to break out on my own. And I thought I'd rather keep 100% of the commissions of these people that I'm helping than splitting them with another team. And so for the last five years, I've been on my own.
0: Awesome. And so now what is your, like, what is your kind of coaching programs look like today? Is it um, mostly one-on-one? Do you do group co- group coaching? Like, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so it's twofold. Uh, I get to do deep dive breakthrough sessions with individuals for five hours at the beginning of their coaching journey. Wow. And uh, uh, it's very, very common that someone will cry with me in the first 15 seconds of talking. And uh, I'll go home and my wife will say, how many women did you make cry today? And I'll tell her. And then, and then if I can get a man, it's bonus points. So, I mean, like we we get down to the stuff that no one else really talks about. And when we can let go of all that unconscious baggage, limiting beliefs and negative emotions and and create new neural pathways in your brain as to what's possible for you, then goals change. And most coaches aren't able to actually help people with baggage. And so what happens is the coach isn't good enough in the eyes of the client or the client thinks I'm not good enough for this coach. So, So I have this incredible, you know, a just superpower that I learned from NLP and mental emotional release. And uh, Dr. Matt James trained me personally, and we get to just clear everything so we can set goals that people truly are passionate about and believe in. So that's what we do. We do that at the beginning and then we spend a year and that year turns into two, three, four. I've got clients that have been with me for five, six, seven, eight years. And we uh, we do the one-on-one and I'm also now expanding with the book and and I'm doing group coaching opportunities uh, so that we can reach more and more people
0: how often you know you've coached a lot of people now mm-hmm. over the years how often is it and i'm not looking for an exact number but ballpark no. in in your in your guess of someone comes in they need they need they need coaching how often yeah. is it do they need coaching where it's i'll call it skill based versus uh like between the years like yeah. if you had to guess What's that ratio?
1: Right. A 99%. <laughs> 99% and tor-
0: because, in between right. the and now,
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not working with brand new agents anymore. So, you know, I take someone and they're making six figures once, twice, three, four times, and they want to, they either want to double that, right? They want to go from 102 to two to four, four to eight, eight to one point, whatever it is. They either want to get the next level or they've been so successful in their business that there's something else in their life that isn't following suit and they don't know why, how come I can be so good in this area? And this one is just, you know, just shit. I mean, like I don't use that word ever, but like, they just, it, they, they don't know why. And, and they're, and they've talked to counselors and therapists and coaches. And then someone says, Hey, you should just talk to Andrew. And they're like, fine.
0: <laughs> kind of like fine, whatever, whatever yeah. helps. I'll do it. Um, Do you, is there like, I would agree Uh, just based on the, you know, the people I've spoken to and my experiences Mm -hmm. personally as well. um, What is there like a common theme that you see that's maybe holding people back? I know everyone's to a degree different, but we're also all not that different. Um, And so I'm curious, like what kind of, kind of themes and, and, um, and trends and patterns do you see pop up with people who are there, they're, They're very skilled. They know how to go out and make money, but they're, they're unfulfilled. Like they're not getting to that next level or whatever. What are some of the common things that you see pop up?
1: Here's the common theme. It it is the theme and the listeners, I'm sorry, they're not going to like this because it, you hear it so often. The common theme always comes back to worthiness. It comes back to personal, individual belief in their value as a human being, as a father, as a mother, as a son, as a daughter, as a friend. And they've become so successful because they have been trying to prove their worth in society or whatever area that they're in. And then they realize that that success did not prove anything. And they still feel the same way they've always felt. And, and they're just, they're, they're, they give up. They've they've tried to take their life, they've been through uh, relationships, they've gone through the drugs, the alcohol, the sex, like the food, the whatever it is, and they haven't been able to find it. That's the common theme it's worthiness, it's it's personal, individual value of of the soul.
0: (laughs) And and how do you, um, I mean, I I gotta be honest, like that, that sounds heavy,
1: it is so heavy. (laughs) That's uh,
0: like that's heavy to take on it's one thing you know i think we can all mo- i think most people have experienced really supporting a close friend or family member or even a few times or a few different people but when you do that professionally consistently kind of day in and day out like that's kind of heavy how i'm curious how do you deal with that like how do you make sure that stuff um kind of the the heaviness if you will of your clients uh doesn't doesn't kind of, I guess, wear off on you, rub off on you.
1: Yeah. Have you ever met these ultra marathoners? Yeah, and you yeah, look met at a these few. people and you're just like, you're crazy. Well, at one time in their life, they weren't a runner. Like they didn't, they didn't ever run. And uh, there was a time in my life where I didn't help people. And as a teenager, I started uh, building friendships and attracting like girls that have been through challenges with boys, like taken advantage of, or, you know, talked into doing things sexually that they didn't want to, or they were date raped, or they got drunk, or like these girls would start coming to me and just confiding in me. <laughs> and I didn't know it at the time, but I was building this ability to coach and help people. So then as teen from a teenager, I went and I served a two-year mission for my church. And I'm now in a different country, speaking a different language teaching people about Jesus. And then I go into the classroom, I'm helping teenagers. And now you can see why real estate wasn't that sexy for me. And so I've been doing this my whole life. And so then to go from that, that real estate into a coaching capacity, I, I have just built this, I, I, it's a God-given strength that I can turn it off when I go home and I can be present with my wife and kids. And it's very rare that someone shares something that is so moving. I feel like an ER doctor sometimes like, you know, ER doctors save lives all day and they go home and it's like, how's work, honey? Oh, it's, it's fine yeah you know, they don't say yeah I, another you know, day I at the this, office yeah i pulled this screwdriver out of someone's head and saved his life but and it's not that we become immune you just you have this self reliance and this emotional strength that that you're okay
0: yeah uh just cuz sort of becomes part of the job i guess
1: mm-hmm. yeah Cool.
0: so um tell me so you mentioned uh earlier uh being an author as well best selling author mm-hmm. what <laughs> I got to know what, what possessed you to write a book? Uh, I always, there's, they, for most people, they tend to be such a labor of love and, um, and pain. And so I'm, I'm curious, what was it that, that I guess, uh, spoke to you about writing a book and and I what was that like for you?
1: I like the word possessed Kevin, because that has such an evil connotation to it, right? Uh, when I finished my master's degree in education, I said, I will never write anything ever again, because I was so tired of writing papers and a thesis. And and so it, it literally did take an act, act of God, like it wasn't like I was possessed, but I, I had a very strong uh, experience standing in the Virgin River of Zion National Park. Have you ever been to Zion in Southern Utah, Kevin?
0: No, not yet. It's on my list.
1: Oh my gosh. You got to go. It's the most beautiful red rock. You look up and it's just like, it looks like miles, but it's you know a couple hundred feet of just sheer, beautiful red rock canyon. And I'm standing there and I have this moment where I'm I'm just experiencing the awe of nature and it's just hitting me and and I'm getting emotional and I'm like crying, looking at this rock feeling of this, the, you know, the majesty of creation. And, and in that moment, the thought came into my mind, heart, voice, spirit, I don't know what it was vision. I was not hallucinating or on drugs, but there was, there was this moment where the words came into my mind, Andrew, this is a rock and you are my son. And if you feel this way with a rock, imagine what others will be able to feel when you step into your greatness and fulfill the measure of your creation. And now I'm bawling. Okay. Not one tear, because this is a pretty rock, like all the tears, because I realize that there's more for me to do than just coach people in real estate. And then immediately the name and title of the book, Strength of the Oak, Strength of the Willow came into my mind. And I knew I was called that there was a book that had to be written. I had no idea what it was going to be about or that I would be doing a podcast with some guy named Kevin someday. I just, I didn't know any of this. I just knew I needed to write the book because it was a calling, something that I could not deny.
0: So did you start writing it right away?
1: Uh, there were two book ideas that came to my mind. The other one I won't tell you about because it will probably be released sometime in the next few years. Uh, but there was a second book idea that I started working on and I got nowhere with. And then I just went months and I'm like, this is dumb. I hate writing. (laughs) And then I was listening to some podcast from some great person in the real estate industry. And I had the thought, you need to stop being a consumer. You know, all the stuff that this guy is sharing, stop being a consumer and become a producer, write the dang book. And that day I said, fine, I'm no longer going to listen to someone else until I have produced something that I can share.
0: And then what from there was that, uh, like how long, like give, like, give me an idea. Like, did you write daily? Does it take you months or take you years from that point? What What was that like?
1: Yeah. The writing process I started in uh, May of 2021 and I had a goal to have 50,000 words on the page by Christmas. And then when Christmas came and I had 50,000 words, I was like, oh, I'm done. And I just didn't touch it for like three months because I it, artists talk about this, like they create something and then they hate it. They're like, oh, so, I, so I, I sent it to my coach and he read it and he said it was awesome. And I'm like, okay. And I let it sit for a while and I started working on another business idea. And then uh, that business idea kind of came to a halt and I realized I wrote a book <laughs> I should probably uh, get it published. And I thought I was just going to like self-publish on Amazon. And then I met a great writing coach and a publisher and an editor and just all the right people at the right time uh, came into my world. And um, and then about six months after that, I had a completely different book than I had written the first time and it was ready to go, uh, you know, we, by the fall of 2022. And then we released it January, uh, the end of January of this year, 2023.
0: Awesome. What, um, I got to imagine you probably learned a lot in that process. So, and you also, you referenced the fact you kind of, you got another book idea already, already ready to go. And, uh, I would imagine your experience now having done one is going to influence greatly how you do the second. What, What were like the big surprises or what do you think you'll do different for the second book that, um, that you didn't, you know, that would be different from the first one?
1: One of my great mentors, Rory Vaden, said that entrepreneurs often do the right things in the wrong order. <laughs> have you ever heard that before? Yeah. <laughs> the right things in the wrong order. And that's what I did. I mean, I wrote a book. I then found a writing coach. I then found an editor and a publisher. Like, And I didn't even know like, who was going to read it. Um, so what I would do differently, which is what I'm doing in all my businesses, I'm identifying what I have. And the need, right? Because that's what a brand is. It's it's what we, what, the needs that we can fill with what we offer. So I'm identifying these needs that are in the marketplace, in the world. And I'm looking at my skill set and identifying, okay, of all these needs, right? Because I think I'm Tony Robbins. I can help anyone with anything. But I can't say that yet because I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm Andrew. And I get to identify these needs in the marketplace. And so now I'm going to identify my message and what I can do. Then I'm going to write to that thing. Not everything I've ever learned about coaching in one book. We're going to narrow that focus. And then I'm going to do the right things in the right order this time. And uh, rather than creating chaos and cleaning up as I went.
0: Man, I think that is, uh, that is so true for most things. Um, (laughs) doing Doing the right things in the right order, focusing, kind of narrowing in. Like those are some, those are some kind of just key lessons in life and in business in general, Uh, It doesn't have to pertain to writing a book, so but it's funny to hear like you know that that's your takeaway uh, in 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 those lessons because I think it is so it is so universal. Those are those are very universal
1: lessons. Well, and we don't know any different. Like no one taught me how to walk. My parents just smiled a lot and got really (laughs) happy and cheered me on. But no, I didn't know how to write a book, and and that's why coaching and mentoring and and having consultants and people around you that have been there before. It, it, you get to learn from their mistakes. And now I love when people come to me and say, hey, I've got this book idea. I'm like, great. You need to talk to so-and-so and so-and-so. And these are the things that you need to do because uh, we can shortcut ourselves to success by not making the mistakes that others have made. And as coaches, we get to do that, right? We get to say, hey, other people have done what you're doing and let's figure out how we can make this as least of a painful process as possible.
0: Awesome. What, um, going back to going back to the book, first of all, mm-hmm. um, I, the subtitles, how to find courage and compassion in a, t- in a turbulent world, where did, where did that come from? And what, like, what was the, uh, I guess, um, so where I'm looking for, um, motivation behind that.
1: Yeah. The, the motivation, the inspiration was the word that I was thinking of when you were looking for it. Uh, I knew the title Oak and Willow. And I had a coach that told me, Andrew, you're very Oak-like, like you're strong, you're steady, you're committed, convicted, whatever you put your mind to, you're going to do. And sometimes that gets in the way and you need some more Willow-like strength, like s- some flexibility, let things go through you, like just bend a little bit. You don't have to break, but just. And and so I, th- I was thinking, okay, if this is the principle that we all have these complementary. They're not competing strengths. There's not one that's better than the other, but if we have these in us, what is one word that could sum up what the strength of the oak means to me? And I picked courage and I picked it because the word courage comes from the French word coeur. And I know this because I speak French fluently. I'm not just making this stuff up. Cœur in French means heart and courage means it's of the heart. And what makes an oak so strong is, is it drives a tap root vertically to a source of water before it ever sends out horizontal roots. And so it has that, it sends its heart all the way down to a source, to a purpose and meaning. And when we have that purpose and meaning for our lives and our heart is connected to it, nothing like an oak tree, it, we can't be taken down. So that, that word courage is, is that is that strength of the oak. And then on the flip side is compassion. And I love that word compassion because passion comes from a word meaning suffering, the passion of the Christ, uh, pathology, the root is suffering. And most of us are suffering because of others or we're suffering, um, you know, like we own their suffering from a place of empathy. Empathy means, you know, you're owning that suffering. Compassion means suffering with calm means with passion means suffering. So when you come from a place of compassion, you're no longer suffering because of someone or situations you're suffering with them. And you can bring that compassion and that grace to yourself while still being a hundred percent all in with your heart. So courage, compassion, strength of the oak, strength of the willow. That's where that title came from.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Um where's the yeah. best place for our listeners to pick up a copy?
1: Well, there's this new bookstore called the Amazon that just launched and they sell great books. I've so does Barnes that. and Noble. Yeah. Yeah, but if you go to Amazon, you can find it there. I just a couple of weeks ago released the Audible version in my own voice, which was fun. So you got an Audible, you got the Kindle digital version, paperback, hard copy. Uh, Amazon's the best place to find the book.
0: What was the What was the process like of recording that? Uh, I've heard. Got some friends of a uh, hand, couple handfuls of friends that have written books, and um, some of some have opted to re- to record their own Audibles, and some have have opted to hire uh, you know, like a professional who, who does that, uh, you know, for varying, you know, varying reasons, curious, what was your experience like in, in recording that? Do you think you'll do that again on your next book? Yeah.
1: Well, you pay in the publishing process you get, they will, they will give you a professional voice artist to read your book. Like I paid for that, but my coach and the publisher said, we think you need to do it. I'm like, oh, I mean, all that time, like I could have a professional. They said, no, you're the coach. You you speak for a living. This is your story if anyone else tells it. And all of a sudden I have to get over all my insecurities about my voice and I just have to own it. And so I built a soundproof recording studio in our bonus room with a mattress, with some memory foam and blankets and this cute little sewing desk that I pulled out of our master bedroom. My wife was mad at me for two months. And I just, I made this soundproof recording thing and I, and I open up the bottom and crawl through this blanket and I'd sit down. And when the kids were in bed at night and I would, I would read my book. And at this point, you've read your book so many times to bring that original passion, that voice. I had to fall in love with it as a listener and a reader. And I had to put myself in in their shoes. And uh, it actually was a really cool process. And I would recommend, unless you have serious voice problems, I, I'd recommend that, yeah, the author should always read their book.
0: Yeah. It tends to be, I don't know. I, I tend to like it better when the author, when the author reads their book for sure. There, there are some of those professional voices, like you said that, uh, and some of them are great, but mm-hmm. the reality is it always seems to be most enjoyable when yeah. the author is, is reading their own book.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, all right, guys. So amazon.com, uh, or Barnes and Noble or wherever you buy your books. Sounds like there's, uh, there's plenty of places to get it. Uh, strength of the Oak strength of the willow. Uh, and Andrew, before we sign off today, is there is there anywhere, uh, besides the book, obviously, uh, is there anywhere people should, who may, might want to like contact you, whether that's for coaching or just to kind of like see what you're doing, maybe follow on your like see where you're speaking yeah. at. Is there like a central website or something for people to go to or, or yeah. social media page?
1: Yeah. I'm going to give them three simple ways. AndrewLAnderson.com is my website. So Andrew L. is spelled O N at the end.com social media at Andrew L. Anderson, eight, five. And then the last thing is if, if your people want to reach out to me directly, we got a gift that we'd like to share with them. Again, they've got two options. I'm going to let it be a surprise, but there's two things I'd like to share with you so they can email me, Andrew at andrewlanderson.com. Just put Kevin in the subject line and uh, we'd love to share, uh, share a gift or two with, with your listeners.
0: Awesome. And we'll put all those, those links and stuff in the show notes. Uh, So if you're driving around right now or whatever, don't feel like you got to write that down. (laughs) Just go back to the show notes uh, and, uh, and you'll have them there to, uh, to reference. So Andrew, thanks for taking the time out today to be a guest on the podcast and share your story with us. We really appreciate it, man.
1: Privilege. Thank you for the opportunity, Kevin.
0: All right, guys, we will, uh, we'll see you next week on the next level agents podcast. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you're looking for even more valuable content and resources to help you grow your business, then we invite you to join our community next level agents at eXp Realty. By joining us, you'll gain access to exclusive benefits like live trainings, events, masterminds, weekly Zooms, digital downloads, and so much more, all designed to help you grow your business. To learn more and become a part of our community, simply visit kevinandfred.com forward slash contact and get in touch with us today. Of course, if you're not quite ready to take the plunge and join our community, that's no problem at all. You can still access all of our great content for free right here on this podcast And again, we thank you for listening. We look forward to continuing to bring you valuable insights and more advice in the future.